stop now. We're not safe. Just stop getting tails. Welcome, everybody, to Satanists on Cinema. Mm-hmm. We're your hosts, Satanist Cameron John and Reverend Campbell. Satanists on Cinema is your source for arguably mediocre, I mean, come on, we're fucking yeah. awesome, uh, <laughs> film reviews uh, from a satanic perspective, or more specifically, two satanic perspectives. Uh, today, we're giving a spoiler review for The Turning, so don't forget to take your meds. And remember, when you have a chance to escape a gothic house, fucking do it. Yeah. What the? F- <laughs> I would personally. I don't know. I, I mean, I, that's a great. That's a great line. But man, I would. I'd stay. <laughs> I've always wanted to live in a really haunted house. Yeah. I just think it's super dope. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with the idea of it. I'm just afraid it's just not real, <laughs> and so it's all in my head, yeah. which makes me scared. Because then, if it's in my head and I'm really experiencing it, you know, I'm insane. So. <laughs> I don't want to be insane. Yeah, but I mean, at least when you're insane, you don't necessarily know you're insane. So that's true. You, you're just gonna live it, that's which true. is uh, basically how this movie is. <laughs> it really is. Speaking of, um, yes. okay, so let's give some quick notes about this before we dive in. This is going to be a spoiler discussion. If you don't know, uh, want to know how this film ends, then get out until you've seen it, and then come right back. Uh, this is a modern adaptation of the 19, I'm sorry, 1898 ghost story, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. This is a short story, a novella that I think was released in like a magazine publication or like a newsletter first, right? Yes, yeah, originally it was. The, this film was a, a passion project for Steven Spielberg. Actually, he wanted Ooh. to get back into horror films, and so he, as a producer, he helped produce this, which went through two different variations before it ended up being The Turning. Um, the world premiere was in Los Angeles Film Festival on January 23rd of this year, and it based around the idea of a young governess in the 1990s who was hired to watch over two children and their uh, after their parents' death, it was a budget of 14 million, and it earned 17.7 million. But it got an F Cinema Score. It's 12% you know certified uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and only a 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So no, please tell me why. Because people are fucking stupid. <laughs> We've gone over this before, but it's true. Yes, it's true. Like, all right. Prime example, I love my sister. She is fucking crazy wicked smart. Like, she's one, probably one of the smartest kids I know. Mm. Book smarts. She did not understand the ending. Mm. She was pissed when we left. She's like, that was fucking stupid. That was a dumb movie. I didn't like it. Until I explained to her the ending, why it was the way it was. And then she's like, oh, okay, never mind. That was a good movie. <laughs> I feel like people need to, as they're walking out, get a little pamphlet that says, this is why you should hate, <laughs> and the score would be much better. This is what it meant. Fucking dumb to understand, you know, a story. Yeah. Well, this is one of those films that's it's a combination of two different tropes that are commonly mm-hmm. used in horror films. You have the gothic horror, um, which is usually around a mansion of some sort, and then you have the psychological horror, which can be in tandem or it can just be its own little thing. Um, what I really loved about this is that it did, it did, it did, it it presented gothic horror 
in a modern context, again, which, which is not often done at all. No. And it no, did it really, really well. Like, if you just take the first two acts of this film and just cut off the ending altogether, um, it's a flawless horror film. Mm. It is brilliant. You tack on that last bit, and it requires the audience to think a little bit. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Which Americans don't like to do. We just we're just not good at it. I, we're not taught right. how to critically analyze things. We're just taught to take headlines as facts and move forward in life. And unfortunately, that's not how life works, and that's not how storytelling works. Um, and so that final act of this film is going to test the audience, and we can see by the results that it didn't do so well yeah. um, because of it. It suffered from American Dumb Syndrome. <laughs> it was directed Very by true. Floria. I'm going to murder this name. Floria <laughs> Sigismondi. Sigismondi. No, sorry, that sounds Gloria. right. You That's were right. great. I'm sorry. Uh, it was written by <laughs> Carrie W. Hayes and Chad Hayes as an adaptation again from The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Uh, Mackenzie Davis is the star of this uh, one of the three stars i would say but we're we're following her most of the film as uh, she plays the uh, character kate mandel who is the live-in instructor of the two orphans you'll know her from terminator doc fate or blade runner 2049 uh, there was finn wolfhard of course of stranger things and it chapter one and two who is miles fairchild i want to get into his character in a second uh, and yes. then brooklyn prince who is flora fairchild again I'd never heard of her or seen her in anything before, but she really, she was in the fuck. That's like pretty much what she does is horror movies. I'm trying to remember what else I've seen her in. I looked at her, her IMDB and nothing stood out as like, Oh yeah, I've seen that. I I was just blown away by her. Um, some (laughs) of the other ones, you know, like, um, uh, I'm sorry. I mixed that up. Brooklyn Prince is the mom. No, I am mixing that up. Jolie Richardson is the mom of uh, Kate Mandel as Darla. She's this uh, mother that's uh, been put in a home, uh, an mm. insane asylum, essentially. Uh, but it's like a home where she just sort of paints. And, and we get this setup of uh, mental, uh, uh, I don't know how to politely say it, of a mental condition in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sets the stage for the ending right at the very beginning, but no one ever pays attention to that. Uh, yep. And then you have the great live-in nan—not uh, really nanny, but like um, housekeeper, maid, whatever. Um, Mrs. Gross, played by Barbara Martin, which was great. She did great. She was fantastic. In that role. Um, and then a whole bunch of other people, but really, that's the main cast that we have to be concerned with. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's going to be Kate, the uh, live-in instructor, teacher role character, Governess. and then um, Miles and Flora, and that those mm-hmm. are the three that we're really concerned with in this film. So it sets up early on where um, the previous live-in teacher uh, is at the very beginning of the show, like presumably murdered uh, by some missing. She's missing. She's missing by uh, you know showing this scene that looks like she was abducted, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to this girl at her you know uh, flat that she's renting with another friend, and how she's going to be leaving school to go you know instruct, or she was a teacher and that she's going to just instruct these orphans. She arrives on the premises of this amazing uh, mansion estate, and is just blown away by not only its massive uh, beauty and just scope. 
but also the fact that it's kind of worn down. No one's around. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. And then she wanders around trying to get into the house and meets Mrs. Gross, who is as snide and ornery as one can expect from an old lady who is watching two privileged thoroughbred children. Yes, as she thoroughbred. I love I loved that. <laughs> Thoroughbreds. They don't need to worry about. Um, but you immediately are introduced to this idea that there's something wrong fundamentally with the children mm -hmm. and there's something fundamentally wrong with the estate. Um, mm -hmm. We're never really explored what happened to the parents, at least in my memory. Just that they're gone. No, um, they, they got in a car accident leaving their estate. Mm -hmm. That was it. And then everyone references the previous instructor as just having left. Mm -hmm. That she abandoned them, not that she's gone yeah. missing, not that anything. So Yeah, we, she just disappeared in the middle of the night. Yeah, we're presented with, um, in the same way as Birds of Prey that we reviewed last, um, unreliable witnesses, mm -hmm. uh, unreliable storytellers. And so we are questioning as an audience, well, are they intentionally lying or do they not know? Is there something else going on? And that sets up the distrust from the very beginning of the film with not only your protagonist, your supposed protagonist, but also the, the, the characters that she's engaging with. What's yeah. real? What's not real? Who's telling the truth and who's not? And it starts with this very wonderful gothic horror in a, um, a situation that I found really rewarding. Um, what were some of your favorite parts of this? Um, honestly, just how gorgeous it was. Um, like it's definitely not often that you see, you know, like we were discussing earlier that you get Gothic horrors and especially mm -hmm. something that's in modern times. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking 94 Cobain just blew his fucking head off. And I, I did love that. Like yeah. they set up the time period so seamlessly mm -hmm. into the intro and that the it's music. like, you don't you don't need anything else. You don't need any sort of explanation. Like she's like, oh, okay, it's nineteen ninety four. Mm -hmm. Cool. Let's move on with things. Um, and as soon as that ending hits, because um, of course I, I read about the story after I finished the movie, um, but as soon as that ending hits, just that twist where you ha you immediately think about the entire movie. Like, holy fuck, did any of that really happen? Yeah. Um, the, about the only thing, and well, never mind. We'll we'll get to that later. Yeah, it was just it was a gorgeous movie. Yeah, I think I think one of my favorite parts was it, it's just the actors themselves sinking mm -hmm. their teeth into these roles, um, and I you know I thought I thought Mackenzie Davis did an amazing job as Kate, but I think but Brooklyn Prince as Flora stole the show as the the oh, daughter absolutely. the the child, um, but then Finn Wolfhard, who you know from Stranger Things in it. Um, he's growing as an actor. Mm -hmm. Like there is a depth to his performance that I, I was concerned for Kate. I didn't oh, know yeah. what he was going to do. And he has this presence on screen that is unnerving that I've never mm -hmm. seen from him in any of his other roles before. Oh yeah. And I don't know if it's just because of his age, he's growing up. You can see the puberty in him. I don't know if it's the, the, the writing. I don't know if it's the role or the, the cinematography or anything. He owns this role and he does such a powerful job at it that even to oh, the yeah. very end, you're not sure if he's right or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely showed his chops. I mean, like just some of the looks that he gives. Like I would honestly compare his you know, role in this almost to... Um, 
oh my god, what the hell was it called? The the horror movie with Kane. See no evil. Oh like, wow. He pulled some of the most expressive looks. Like you get an entire story with just one quick look. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's doing shit that you know people try for years to get to and never successfully get to. Yeah. Like just brilliant fucking actor. Yeah. Um I mean, they just, they did such a good job with the acting that it, it almost takes away from the film itself rather than enriching the film because you, you're so amazed by the characters. At least for me, I was taken a little bit out of the setting and everything. I just, mm-hmm. I was just so blown away by it. But I thought that the mixture of the great acting by everyone involved and the entire amazing atmosphere of the set, um, the story didn't have to be. on par because you know you're never going to be firing on all cylinders in any film Mm -hmm. it's very rare and so it's okay that that was in my opinion the weaker of the three um mentioned so i don't know the gothic horror side of it i thought was really great and i really loved the psychological twist so let's go ahead Mm -hmm. and and talk about that uh if we can because the film sets up and it goes in a pretty typical fashion of the gothic horror where it, mm-hmm. it, it gets to a fever point where the ghosts are either um, uh, inhabiting the characters or terrorizing them. Mm-hmm. And um, the live-in instructor, uh, Kate, takes Miles and Darla and tries to flee the estate. And does flee until we revert back and realize that it was just her looking at her mom's paintings, her sort of Mm -hmm. insanity paintings um, that were mailed to her. And that's where her mind fully flips. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh shit. She doesn't know it because she's insane. Um, She's still living that. But us as the audience are now in on the story saying, okay, Mm -hmm. we were being narrated by an unreliable witness this whole time. Now we realize that she is crazy and she is seeing and hearing things that aren't really Mm -hmm. there. Or are they? And I'm going to get into that in a second. But then we're presented with the third act where she is like aggressively trying to get the daughter, Darla, to admit that, um, I'm sorry, I'm saying Darla, I'm meaning Flora, um, admit that she's seen the groundskeeper and that, she, you know, he's terrorizing everyone. Uh, but she's, you know, just like freaking out. Like, why are you acting like this? You're acting crazy. Um, and then the film sort of ends with... Uh, um, Kate looking in the same place where she saw her mom at the very beginning of the film, looking down at the back of presumably her mom, the mm-hmm. figure turns and the screen goes black and the credits roll. Um, talk to me about that. What, what do you think about that? Well, okay. So having like gone over the cliff note versions of the book, I, I'm honest, I'm really embarrassed that I didn't finish the goddamn book. It's 91 pages. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when you try to read a little novella at, you know, 1230 at night after working a, a what, 10, 11 hour shift, eh, you're going to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and just little side note, since I know that you've already got it, it's fucking difficult. Um, if anybody's ever read like proper Queens English, like, old queen's english mm-hmm. it is so difficult to actually wrap your head around yeah like i love the clockwork orange i've never been able to read it i've <laughs> never been able to finish it it's just it's so hard um yeah. but anyways knowing how that is so the turn of the screw it's 
you know, just the quick little novella, and it's all from the perspective of her telling the story. Hmm. But you know, you get to, that's when you get to the end of the story and realize that she's fucking crazy, and you don't know what parts to believe if you're supposed to believe any of it, and if she's actually even telling the story as it was. So um, that, yeah, just like as soon as that twist happens, and then there's another twist. It's like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I need to watch this again. I need to see where she snaps and do we even see where she snaps in this um yeah it's 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 definitely one that calls for a rewatch at least one more for sure yeah because i would love to be able to see where Mm -hmm. that snap happens in the timeline because it's definitely the the ending made me and again we're talking spoilers here people the ending Mm -hmm. made me think did she see herself was Mm -hmm. was she in there already was this just yeah. like the like joker was she just in the asylum telling us a story in her mm-hmm. own mind through pictures and and we didn't know it because we were just going along for the ride right mm-hmm. like at, at what point and i i i, I actually have a, an, a hold on the book so that i can read the book and and before i wanted to dive into the reality of what's behind the book so that i can kind of experience the honest side of it um with the <laughs> the original um to to get my mind around how I really finally want to interpret this, but I like the idea of open endings. I just felt mm. this one was a little too abrupt. It, it it was. It didn't set it up strong enough in the beginning that her mom is sick. She could have this sickness, mm-hmm. and when they do, and all films do this when there's a plot twist, they have like these callback voiceovers mm-hmm. of characters saying oh you're the one that's terrorizing them and you know just sort of you know going through all the different points of their insanity that were leaked to us that we didn't mm-hmm. pick up on during the film um we had that in this but it was after the fact and it was so lightly peppered in that i didn't find mm-hmm. it strong enough for me yeah. and so that's why i yeah, have to definitely. break this into two acts and then your final act um structure rather than one whole film because mm-hmm. i can yeah it, it is definitely a different it's like sixth it, sense yeah. when you're, you're the very end it's a twist it's like the others which is a great comparison in my mind because that's a true Honestly, gothic horror i looked at it like the babadook oh nice but unlike the babadook where babadook. i mean that is arguably an abrupt ending mm-hmm. but it's a it's final like you get it. it it doesn't leave any questions i mean it leaves questions but not there is a payoff to seeing the end yeah whereas with this one it was just so sudden just so done that it's like are they gonna try for a sequel yeah <laughs> what yeah. the fuck's going on with that i think like that's... i think if it, i think if it wouldn't have just cut to black and just been over like even if we would have just got another scene of her staring at her mother camera pans out maybe mother disappears like mm-hmm. that's that would be abrupt it'd be quick mm-hmm. but it would be more fulfilling and you know show that yes she's insane what part of this movie do we believe what parts are we supposed to believe yeah. if any yeah there's so i mean i'm just thinking of so many other ways like that that could have ended this in a way that audience would have accepted it there would have been no question but is that is that just lazy? Like is 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 there no longer a place where a filmmaker can challenge the audience and have it be received as entertainment? 
Like, do, no, do filmmakers so. have to just tie everything up in neat little bows nowadays? Yeah. Yeah, I just plain like and that. simple. <laughs> like, well, uh, commercial films. Let, let's yeah. put it that way. With commercial films, yes. Because the problem is we've, we're living in a gentrified Disneyfication you know, world of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, all trailers are the same. If it's going to be something intense, you get your boom yeah. with every fucking score to the point <laughs> where Jan and I will just make fun of it the whole fucking time and laugh. Um, you know everything before you go into a movie because mm-hmm. people just don't care. They, they just want to be put in front of a screen and told that they're going to like this and they don't have to think, which I'm not complaining about. Like I fucking love cartoons for that reason. Like <laughs> yeah. I just want to sit there, stare at some bright colors, laugh like an idiot and go about my day. But most people don't want to have movies that make them think. Do you think that's, that that's, it's a, it's a consequence of our streaming culture? Because if, if you're going to make the leap of getting off your couch, getting away from your 60 to 80 inch screen to go to a public place to sit down and spend tons of fucking money. If you're going to buy any sort of concessions or just the tickets themselves sometimes and, and watch a film, do you think we expect to know too much about it to be willing mm-hmm. to go through all that? Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I probably, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, as much as I hate to admit, I love streaming shit. Like, yeah, it's people just want to be spoon fed shit. Yeah. Nobody wants to put work into anything like, and that's how art should be. Art should be like, it's subjective mm-hmm. period. And yeah, you should have, you should think about it. Like that's, part of my favorite thing of going to movies is, you know, the ride home. Like usually we go at night. So it's like, you know, midnight one, whatever, when we're driving home and just the drive home, like radio's off. And I'm just talking to my wife about the movie, like uh, my thoughts on it, what I thought it was. I I don't think people give a fuck about that anymore. Like it is a communal experience and I think it's wasted (laughs) on society. Yeah. There used to be, experiences for for those of you who who may not know um where you would hear about a film that was Mm. not available in your area and Mm. you would have to wait for a bootleg vhs or wait for it to be in some sort of mom and pop rental store for you just to happen across it like there was a time when everything was not available at every second and you had to fight to see something and so you got the mythology and the, the, the loose story beats before you ever even saw it. It was a cult classic before you even got a copy of it mm-hmm. in your hands. Like that was when I think cinema was really exciting. Uh, oh, yeah. But now, I mean, studios have to fight with streaming services for attention. And mm-hmm. if you are going to be dragging someone out to a theater and expect them to drop, you know, up to 50 to 80 bucks, depending on the, the screening, because, you know, if you're doing like an IMAX and you're getting popcorn mm. and you got family, it's going to get expensive fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. You're going to have to find some way of, of dragging them in. And if it means mm. the studios have to reveal the full plot so that you can understand, yes, this is in fact a film I want to see, then they do it. And they do. And it sucks. Mm. Because well, and that's do. nothing new, though. Disney um, did studies on that in the 70s. Oh, jeez. Like, that's why oh, Disney trailers have always been that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know everything. You know the fucking jokes. You know Ugh. the end. Like, you know everything because they found out that people prefer to know everything about the movie before they go to see it. And it makes them laugh harder at the jokes because they've already heard it. 
Oh, it's man. like they're fucking waiting to be like, ha ha ha, I got that too. Ha 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 ha. Look, I'm laughing. Ha ha ha. I'm with you all. <laughs> God damn it. I hate it. But it, it means that films like this are going to be received poorly no matter what because they well, do challenge you. To be honest, that's kind of what happens with genre films anyways. Like it's it's rare that you get a genre film that is super successful. Um, I mean, if you think about it, aside from it, which was a complete fucking fluke as far as I'm concerned, um, last super successful thing you had was Saw or Insidious. Like, that's the kind of shit. Like, we are never going to have in our generation another Lee Winnell or James Wan, anybody like that. Right. Like, they made billion-dollar empires. Um, that doesn't happen. When it comes to genre films, it's all about later on down the road i mean you look at shit like the shining arguably one of the best films ever made mm. by a god of cinema like nobody will ever be able to touch him yep. period fucking flopped yeah. like nobody liked it everybody hated it but that's a film that's going to outlive all of us that's going to outlive our fucking grandchildren's grandchildren yep. it's just i I hate that people put so much emphasis on opening weekends and numbers because it's like that doesn't necessarily translate to great film. Yeah. Like, period. I mean, it's... And certainly not at, the life of a film. Yeah, definitely not the life of a film. I mean, fucking prime example, Halloween 3. <laughs> Everybody You're obsessed. I am fucking obsessed. You're the only one keeping that film going. No, I'm not. Damn it. There's a lot of us. <laughs> But it's, like, everybody hated it. But, I mean, it's been 30 fucking years, and it's got a cult following. It's just, that's how it goes with Sean. I think that's a good example, personally, but okay. <laughs> well, it's because you're one of the naysayers, That's true, I am. I'm part of the problem, is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, there, and then there's, like, the original Evil Dead. No one saw it. It was well, never released anywhere. It was just a VHS, and then they made a sequel because of, you know, film rights and stuff like that. But it ended up being a huge cult classic that even today is heralded as one of the greats. And it was never fucking released. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a handful of theaters might have shown it, I think. Yeah. No, there was, uh, if I remember correctly, there was only actually, um, I want to say two or three prints struck initially. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was basically just a fucking college film. Yeah that a bunch of childhood friends made over the weekend because fuck it. Why not? Mm -hmm. Cause it was awesome and it worked and it still works today. Um, yeah. Actually it doesn't. Most audiences that have never seen it, that see it in the theater actually walk out. Oh really? Yeah. Cause people are fucking idiots. Huh. I still it's like, Oh, it it's so cheesy. It's so bad. It's it. like, and that's I why we fucking great. love. That's not, no, I think it's great. Plus, I mean, just if you look at it, like they were leaps and strides away from you know the current cinematography skills mm -hmm. and shit like oh we really want to get this camera on the ground but we don't know how hmm let's figure it out oh i know let's fucking strap it to a two by four and put it on the front of a dirt bike <laughs> nobody was doing that shit like that's like some lfl or uh ilm right. territory like oh we don't have the technology let's fucking make it mm -hmm. uh, it was great um, but this is about the turning, so I'm going to yes, try to turn this is about it back. the turning. Not <laughs> the history turning. of horror. Sorry about that, people. I, I, I like the deviation, though, because it does speak to why this film, I, in my opinion, 
and I think Sheridan yours is was a flop that it didn't have legs and that I don't think it will. I think it's going to have to be one of those streaming successes that we it's, see so much. It's definitely going to be like that. Like as soon as, you know, give it five years. Yeah. I get, I say five years once it's on like Netflix and shit that people are going to find an appreciation for it. Cause it is a great film. Like the cinematography is beautiful. The suspense is beautiful. Honestly, the only thing I hated aside from the ending, which I didn't, I don't hate the ending. I don't. I get it. I need to watch it again so I can fully appreciate it. But the only thing I really had to bitch about was just the overexposure of the ghosts. Like, that is right. a huge mistake that people make in shit like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're scary because you don't see them. Yep. Like, you only get little glimpses here and there. But yeah. also, once you hit the ending of the movie, you understand why you saw them as much. Yeah. I uh, I agree with you completely on that point. Like I I'm a big fan of keep your monsters in the dark because it's much more terrifying. I didn't I didn't like how, and this is my biggest complaint about this film. Uh, even you know despite the ending or or whatever flaws I think it may have. Um, I didn't like the idea that this groundskeeper turned ghost had ultimate power. Like it, it could do whatever it wanted. And it was just because he was a bad guy? Like, there was no... I, I like my ghost stories to have, like, a greater mythology, you know? It's an Indian burial ground, or they were dabbling in the occult, or there's an open gate of hell. You know, just something that explains yeah. why this mysterious stuff is happening. And the explanation we got, I didn't think meshed with one person's mind because it was so far out of the cultural milieu, as it were, of ghost stories. There was nothing about him. He was just a bad guy who died. Yeah, it was just a dick. <laughs> presumably killed by the um, uh, from a, a horse fall that was set up by the maid, and then he just gets to come back and torment people. Like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Like every other ghost story, there's a reason for their return, whether it's they're just they're, they never found peace or whatever <laughs> it was. But this is just a bad guy who got his way, who died, who still gets his way. Yeah, that's well, not good enough for me. I think it it's kind of okay in the sense of like once you've completed the film and thought about the film, is he even really there? Yeah, right. Because we don't have any sort of knowledge. Well, he's definitely of not. But the presentation of it, she finds out about him. Yeah, and she finds out that he was a bad person and all that shit. So it's like, yeah, it's it's weird that oh he's a super horrible malevolent spirit just because he was a dick in life. It, that's not how it works. Like ghost shit that it's just not how it works right. there's just but, yeah there's so many things that they sort of bounce back and forth on their legs of it's all in her head it's not all in her head for example the very beginning of the film we see the former um instructor racing out to try to save her life um and she's terrified of someone behind her and then <laughs> she finally uh gets abducted or detained or killed or whatever and we see her get captured through the reflection in her car window, it was the groundskeeper, the the instructor, the horse instructor, the ride instructor, um, mm. who was the ultimate bad guy, who was the ghost. So if he's presented before we even meet the insane girl who's supposed to be telling this story, then and all the kids throughout the story are saying that yeah, no, he was he was there, and the the um, nanny was like, no, he was a bad guy, he did bad things. And then we get all this paperwork piled up that he raped 
the former instructor and, uh, you know, all the, the ghost stuff. But there was like photographic evidence and physical mm -hmm. journals and stuff that are beyond her memory that I'm, I'm forced to say. And then the girl saying, no, I don't go in that wing of the castle. Like, I don't go over there. And then that smile of the boy who was supposed to have been, you know, sort of overtaken by the ghost at some points in the film where he's like looking down at her as she's like fully madness out yeah. and sort of smirks like he's in on the joke. Like he's, he caused her to get there. That tells me that no, the ghost was just fucking with her and drew, drove her insane and her mm -hmm. natural predilection of being crazy from her mom's side took a bite. And so, which is it? Is it? And I don't mind that the question's there. I just yeah. don't like the idea of a simple solution of it being on one side or the other of the fence when they're constantly jumping on, on yeah. both sides the whole time. And then the wrap-up, when they're trying to present it as she's crazy and doing that flashback of all the you know, other characters interacting with her to prove that she's crazy and then her sort of you know, grabbing the little girl at the very end, it wasn't enough to say... like. If they just, I don't know, I, I, that was my biggest complaint, is that guy, mm -hmm. there's too much of him in the, the story for it to be just her, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe that's the strength, though. Maybe that's it. You know, it's, it's what we've been complaining about this whole time, is audience want it too easy, and now mm -hmm. I'm arguing for it to have been easier. Maybe yeah. the fact <laughs> that it's open is the best part of it, is that mm -hmm. as an audience viewer, you can just choose whatever makes you happy. Mm -hmm. If you want it to be that, yeah, it was a ghost that drove her insane, or it was her natural way of being insane and she terrorized these kids, whichever side you land on is great. That's your movie. And yeah. Is that good enough? Maybe it is. I just, I feel like it, like I was saying earlier, if they would have added another scene mm -hmm. after those scenes to make you question it more, because it feels like they gave us that last scene where she breaks the doll and shit and the kids just freak out on her for being an asshole. Yeah. It's telling you, no, she was just insane. It, it was all made up the whole time. It's like, don't tell me that. Like, make me question whether she was insane the whole time, part of the time, or it all actually happened. And this is her mind trying to cope with the shit that she went through. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good enough to have us talking about it. And it's mm -hmm. something that I think we're both going to watch again just so we can oh, yeah. re-examine yeah. it. I will definitely be buying it as soon as it gets out. As far as horror films go, that's as good as you can ask for. Pretty much. Like, pretty much. Challenge us, entertain us. Um, I, I loved some of the scares in this. I thought they were great. Um, oh, yeah. I loved the the sort of um, hide and seek sequence and the yeah, basement. The flashlight tag. Yeah. That was some shit. <laughs> I thought that was really, really fun. I enjoyed it. The rape scene made me uncomfortable, as it should. Um, yeah. And question, why, you know, where the hell this movie was going. <laughs> I was like, is she going to get raped by a ghost? And I kind of like it, but I don't like it because it's rape, <laughs> but I kind of want to see it. Um, so I was in my own perverted weirdness. That's where I went. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I, I, I can't help what gets me excited. I just know it does. Um and so, you know, it, where, you know, all the different places it went mixed with the characters in there, in there you didn't know where the hell, um, miles, what he was going to do next. He tried to kiss her and then it seems like he's creeping in on her and he's always like, I don't know. He's like, he's at that, that pubescent age where he's into girls, 
but he doesn't really know how to be a, a man yet. And he certainly has no examples of a man except for that, you know, the bad examples, that the, yeah. the, the horse riding instructor. Yeah. And he constantly refers back to. Mm -hmm. So it, I love that he's a dangerous element, but he's just a fucking kid. Yeah. Like, I think that that brings strength. I mean, that calls way back to Children of the Corn, where children yeah. are terrifying, you know? I just, I love that. Um, and then the girl, you just don't know if uh, uh, Flora, if she knows about the ghosts, or if she doesn't know about the ghosts, or if she's just an innocent little child, or if she's sort of, you know, in on the fright, you know, being used by her brother. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I love that you just don't know. And yeah. you're constantly guessing until you've left the theater and you're still guessing. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's a great storytelling <laughs> ending. Definitely. I mean, well, fuck, let's see. For me, I think I saw it last week, week before. Um, and, yeah, I'm still – I've thought about the movie almost every single day since I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> so I did something, right? Hell, yeah. All right. So um, let's wrap this thing up and let's let's give a rating on this. What do you think? I, I give it two out of four banana stickers. I think that's it's fair. Just for rewatch value, like it, it is it was a good movie. Mm -hmm. The ending it's it's not always about the ending. Yeah. If the movie was good, ending sucked, whatever, it was still a good movie. Mm -hmm. So Would you recommend it to others? Oh yeah, of course. No, I've been talking it up since I watched it. Oh yeah. So Yeah. Definitely I, check it out. I, I highly recommend it. I, I I love the two out of four. I think that's more than fair. That's a great rating because it is a really good film. Like it's a genuinely great atmospheric, gothic, psychological horror. And if you go into it knowing that that's what it is and not thinking it's going to be something else, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. And all the people like that are giving it bad reviews just don't fucking get it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's, that's how horror has always been. Mm -hmm. It's always been the redheaded stepchild that nobody likes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you everyone for watching. Um, you can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and share this video. Uh, if you want to get uh, informed about new videos that are being uploaded, click that little bell icon in the YouTube channel or sign up to the email list. The link is in the description of the video you're watching below. But also, uh, there's an audio version of this. That's right. Go to uh, search Reverend Campbell wherever you get your podcasts. You'll see the audio feed there. If you want just the Satanists on Cinema audio feed, it does exist. And you'll just have to go to the website, reverendcampbell.com, Satanists-on-cinema, and the link is right there for that. Um, and that's kind of it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cameron, I love chatting with you about movies, man. Thank you so Hell much. Hell yeah. Do it more often, damn it. Fuck yeah. And until next time, everyone, hail Satan. Hail Satan. The Turning. That was such a good name. And I love the font, too. Yeah. I, I feel like people are getting back to that. Like, understanding that a good, proper, strong font can really bring you 